0: Welcome back to all our listeners and viewers to the Fenile Hoots Coaches Corner, uh, bringing you another episode here. Before we get started, just want to let everybody know to make sure uh, to subscribe to our podcast as well as our YouTube page. Uh, we'll be continuing to do a lot of these interviews as well as a lot more other content as well. Uh, but we got another special guest coming in here. First, I would just want to introduce Rick, uh, founder and president of female uh, Hoots. Rick, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Thank you, Patrick.
0: It's good to hear. Good to hear. So to, to let you all into who our special guest is today, it's uh, Coach Brian Field from Providence Day. And uh, Rick and him have, you know, to been able to develop a, a great relationship with them. So, Rick, I'll let you take it away with some of those questions and background information that you're looking for.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Coach, for coming on today. Um, Coach, you graduated from Providence State, and when you graduated, you went to a small division school team, uh, Suwannee University. Some people know it as University of the South. What was your experience going to a D3 school?
2: You know, for me, I, I, I Absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. We, um, an experience that, that I will treasure for my rest of my life. You know, that was the level that was right for me. Um, And I went and, and we had some success while I was there, not because of me on the court, but we had a good team. We played in two NCAA tournaments. Um, uh, The team from my junior year was just inducted into the college's hall of fame uh, this, this past fall. And we all got back together and it was, it was like we hadn't, Missed 20-some-odd years together. We, uh, we had a blast. And so that was you – know, my advice to, to my players is always find the right level for you. It's not just about getting to the Division One level. Um, go where, where it's a great fit academically. Uh, I got great advice when I was a senior in high school. My, my uh, college guidance counselor said, you know, you need to make sure you pick a school where if you went and you got injured, you would still love being a student there. And, and that's actually what happened to me. I went, and after my sophomore year, I'd had my third knee surgery. And so I had to hang up the, the basketball shoes. And I, I did stay on with the team as a student assistant coach because I knew that that was kind of where my life was headed. But, um, you know, it, it was. When the ball stopped bouncing, I still had a school that I loved um, academically and socially, and, and I'm grateful for that advice that I got.
1: Now, after you graduated Swanee, you became the assistant coach at Providence Day. And then after six years as assistant coach, you have now spent 14 years as a head coach. What does Providence Day mean to you? Because if you look at it, the last 24 out of your 28 years has been involved with Providence Day, the school. Yeah,
2: Providence Day, it's it's my family. It really is my home. Um, I grew up there. My family started there in 1973 when my sister started as a student. Um, My mom... Taught there for over 25 years. Um, right now, it's it's there's a a, lo- a big family tree that goes through there. But I, I've been there now 20 years as a teacher. I was there 13 years as a student. My wife teaches there. My kids go to school there. My sister teaches there. My brother-in-law teaches there. Um, it is it's a just a wonderful place, and it brings me a, a lot of pride to get to represent. Our school on the basketball court as the as the head of our pro basketball program, and uh, it's a place that I love. I, I consider myself so blessed because I get to wake up in the morning and go do what I love, right? With people that I love at a place that I love, and you can't ask for anything better than
1: that. I, I really have been very fortunate. Now, when you were playing at the high school level and also the collegiate level, when did you decide that you want to become a basketball coach? You know, it's
2: funny. As a as a little kid, I loved baseball, and um, my dad was a was a basketball player. He had played at Georgia Tech back in the '60s. He loved basketball, but my first love when I was young was baseball, and I I didn't start playing basketball until fifth grade, and I, I liked it, but baseball was still my sport. And then in seventh grade, I played for David Carrier, who's now the head coach at Westchester. Uh, he was my seventh grade coach, and then I. um in high school, I played for David Price, and then I, I had the chance to come back and be an assistant to Dave Carrier for six years, but I, I f- started falling in love with basketball in seventh grade, playing for Coach Carrier, and in eighth grade, I knew, like, I want to be the basketball coach at Providence Day someday, and it's just been a uh, such a, a cool kind of life experience to have been able to live out my dream. I, I really wake up in the morning every day, and I'm, I'm living out the dream that I've had since I was 13 years old, so.
1: So as, as soon as you graduated Suwannee, you had that opportunity to, to immediately go back to Providence Day. As I say, you jumped at the opportunity.
2: For, for two years, I actually went down to Alabama for two years, Mobile, Alabama. I taught and coached at a, at a private school there. And then the, uh, my dad passed away suddenly in the fall of 99. And so in early spring of 2000, I started trying to find a way to move back to Charlotte and be closer to my mom and closer to my family. And it just so happened that Providence Day had a history teaching position, which is what I teach. And then Dave Carrier had a JV and assistant varsity coach open on his staff. And it was just good to be true. So I immediately
1: moved back. Well, Coach, you've been the head coach for 14 years, and you really got the program rolling in 2013. Your team went 25 and seven. You lost in the semifinals of the state championship. The next year, 2014, you went 23 and four. Again, you got close. You lost in the um, quarterfinals. And then in 2015, you had another great run. You were 25 and four and you lost in the semifinals. Then you put it all together in 2016, and that was a tremendous team. Your team that year went 30 and four and you won the state championship. But, you know, I remember that year quite vividly. Um, you know, we had our National High School Showcase at um, Forsyth Country Day in Louisville. And you had a young man by the name of Grant Williams who called me up and said, Coach, who's in the event? And I told him. And he goes, I want to play the best teams there are. And the first night, you guys played Oak Hill. Second night, you played Mountain Mission. And you, you went home and 2 but talk about the process of, of Grant Williams wanting to play the very best.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's just how Grant's wired, um, and 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 that's how I'm wired too. And and you know, it's it's uh, Langston Works, who's son Trade for me, but also a great friend and a, and a uh, great basketball mind and voice for the city of Charlotte. Um, would always call me and give me a hard time. He'd say, why are you scheduling the schedule that you do? And it, it was twofold. One, I think the iron sharpens iron. and So, right. uh, you know, we, we had aspirations to, to try to be a national level team. And so the way I believe you do that is go out and play the best. If you want to be recognized as a top team in the state or in the nation, you, you've got to go play them and see where the, where the chips fall and I've, I've never been one who's concerned with what my record is. My, my assistant coaches, who are incredible, have been with me um, for a long time. Jonathan McIntyre has been my assistant for 14 years. And uh, they make so much fun of me because I never, ever know what our record is. All I know is how did we play the night before? How did we play in practice? Um, and so, Grant, you know, we kind of fed off each other. And, and I, I, you know, used to get on Grant because he, he only wanted to play the best. Right. In high school, his – maturity level at that time Grant's super young for his grade and he's still like if it was a big opponent like an O'Kill Grant was ready to run through a brick wall to play it and then if it was somebody who maybe he didn't think was as good we had to motivate Grant and I think he he got a lot better by his senior year but then I think that's something that transformed him at the collegiate level was learning how to to not turn it on and off but to play as hard as he can uh, for the entire game, and, and um, that was something we always talk about. But, you know, Grant was wired that way. Really, that whole team was wired that way. They they wanted to play the best, and we started 0-2, and then uh, we won, I think, 30 of our 20, 30 of our next 31 games. So, I remember you, you,
1: a, you lost a close one at your Chick-fil-A to Green Forest, and I think they hit a buzzer-beater from half court. Yeah, just you before. were too hit the shot and they ended up winning by one. And then you lost in the national championship to Montbird. But Mm -hmm. I have another interesting Grant Williams story is I remember, you know, he's a high academic kid. And at the time, Mike Stroggy, who is now the coach at Elon, was at Stanford at the time. And he was recruiting um, Grant. And I remember the game that you were playing Greensboro Day, at Greensboro Day, and it was a close game. Grant didn't have his very best game. And as a matter of fact, he had a chance to win the game on a um, dunk at the end and missed a dunk.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, on the way home, Grant Williams picks up the phone and calls me and apologizes. So I'm saying, What are you apologizing for me for? He goes, Well, you, you had Stanford to come watch me play and I let you. I said, but that was the type of person Grant Williams was. He was so competitive and he didn't want to let anybody down.
2: Yeah, that's right. He, he, um, he loved to compete and, and he led with our team with that, you know, guys like Devon Dotson and Trey works and Isaac Johnson, Josh Howard, they all were wired that same way. And when you've got kids that love to compete at a high level and they don't want to disappoint each other, you've got a recipe to have a, a, a pretty special team. And, and that's what we, we ended up having. And, and that, that's just, you know, that speaks to who Grant was, but it it's who Grant still is, you know, he, he, uh, he flew home from Boston a couple of weeks ago because the city was on lockdown, and the next day was texting, "Hey, Coach, can I come sit and on the back porch and visit with you?" And you know, we we made sure we stayed far apart, but we uh, we had a, a three-hour conversation where he's just sitting there. He's just a he's a he's a really impressive dumb man, and I'm proud to see that with all the success he's had and the accolades that he's won, that it hasn't changed who he is as a person.
1: Well, I'm sure he had a great foundation with his parents and also a great foundation with his high school coach at Providence Day. But talking about that starting five, that was an amazing group. You had Grant Williams, went to Tennessee, now in the NBA. You had Devon Dotson, who's at Kansas, and they were the odds-on favorite to win the national championship this year. Isaac Johnson, who I really liked him. He was a track star, um, had a great career at Appalachian State. You had Josh Howard, who went to Brown And then you also had Trey Wirtz, who at the time was – no one was really talking about him, but had a great two years at Santa Clara, just recently transferred to Notre Dame. Um, You had an amazing – it's a who's who high school lineup. Did you ever have any idea that this group would achieve such success at the collegiate level and beyond? You know,
2: um, it's interesting. If you had said, would you predict Grant to be a first-round draft pick and – playing significant minutes as a rookie for the Celtics. I, I'm not going to lie and tell you I predicted that. No, I, I thought Grant had a chance to play after college for sure, but um, he just went and took took it to the next level. Um, and, and as all those guys have done, you know, Devon obviously has had a ton of success at Kansas and appears to be an a NBA draft pick this year. Um, Isaac Johnson – uh, scored 1,000 points and, and was just shy of a 1,000 rebounds at, at App State, had an unbelievable four years. Josh Howard went and started right away at Brown as a freshman. In fact, all of those guys went and started right away at their college. And and, uh, and obviously, Trey has had just a great run. You know, Trey uh, had an unbelievable state championship game, almost had a triple-double in that game um, when Devon went out for, with foul trouble. And so – We just had guys who, A, as we already talked about, they loved to compete. B, they did not care who scored points. They only cared about winning. And we had, I think, all of them averaged between 13 and 17 points. In fact, Grant averaged – he took four less shots as a senior than he had as a junior and averaged less points, but he knew that's what he had to do in order for us to to achieve the highest level. And and that is – that's rare with high school kids these days. It's all about how many points did I get, how many Twitter you know mentions did I get, and and they did not care about that. They were just about winning. And so, from that perspective, yeah, I thought those kids, you know, obviously were used to playing high level basketball. We're going to have a chance to compete for some great college programs. Um, we've kind of always prided ourselves on our defense, our man to man defense. That's something I, I feel like we do pretty well at Providence Day, and the feedback I get from their college coaches is, wow, you're kids come in and, and we have, you know, a class of four or five freshmen, but your guy is light years ahead of them as far as their, their defense goes, their understanding of where to be and how to rotate. Um, and that always makes me incredibly proud uh, to hear. And then I think they all come out of Providence day, which is high academic and prepares you to go to college and, and be successful. And so with that group, I, I could never have predicted that they were going to go on to do all the wonderful things that they've done, but it, it's not totally surprising to me.
1: Right. Right. They're, they're great kids. You know, you talked about how competitive they were. I also remember a game was played in Greensboro at our National High School Showcase event. You guys were playing Greenfield. And at the time, the two top players in the state of North Carolina was Kobe White and Devon Dotson. And I'll never forget – how determined Dotson was was to just prevent Kobe White from scoring, and I would say probably to this day that he may have probably had the best defensive performance against Kobe White that he's that Kobe's ever played against. Mm-hmm. Um, you may remember that game.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I you know Devon was is one of those guys who just plays with a chip on his shoulder, and you, you talk about Grant being you know I want to play the best. Devon would come into a game and be like, all right, this guy's ranked higher than me. <laughs> and he loved that. Um, and and you know, I, I, a lot of NBA teams are calling about Devon now. And they, you know, they, one of the questions they ask is one word to describe him. And I always describe him as a bulldog. Like he just loves to compete and play with that chip on his shoulder. So.
1: Well, since you went to the Nationals. Um that year, you you had two more years that you really had another good run at the state championship in 2017 and also 2018. You won almost 25 games each season, and you lost in the the semifinals again. Now, since then, in 2019 and also 2020, it's been sort of a rebuilding year. But you you do have two really good players. You have Michael Zioni and also Bryce Scott. Uh, talk about your goals and expectations for this young group for the upcoming season.
2: Yeah. You know, we, we've taken a, a couple lumps the last couple of years, but to me, it, it, we're in a position where we're set up for success because these uh, guys like Michael and Bryce are are really good players. They love the game. They love to be coached. They love to work. And those are the kind of kids that really do well on our program. And so I think, um, you know, we've got some other players like Jomo Byrne and Davis Fagan who have gotten a ton of experience over the last uh, couple of years and took a few lumps. And that, that was kind of what happened when um, we started kind of our national climb was we, we started a bunch of freshmen, and um, they, they took their lumps. Uh, a kid named Jordan Watkins who went and played for Davidson started for us as a freshman, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, we had – Isaac Johnson come over in seventh grade. Josh Howard come in eighth grade. Grant come in ninth grade. Um, And and all of a sudden, it it built itself up. So I I feel like we're primed to have a couple of really good years with Mike and Bryce and several others leading us. Um, They they love the game. They work hard. And they're they're really talented players.
1: Something I forgot to ask you earlier, but what was it like going to – at that time, it was a Dick's Sporting Good National Tournament. Now it's Geico. What was that experience like for your team and you as a coach?
2: It was unlike anything I had experienced. Um, and I, it, it breaks my heart when I see some public school teams that are good enough to get in and their state associations won't let them go because it is just an unbelievable experience. I mean, it's first class. You, you, Everything is paid for. You fly up, you're staying in the nicest hotel on 42nd Street, you're Uh, traveling around, private coaches everywhere, and and Nike, and Gatorade, and uh, ESPN, it's just a, it's, you know, I I sit there, and I think about, you know, I was a little kid, going to Providence Day basketball games in kindergarten, and then realizing I wanted to coach in middle school, and now I'm sitting here about to go play in New York City on ESPN. It was like nothing I could have have imagined. And then we followed that up the next year, getting invited to China for 10 days. And I'm standing on the great wall with tears coming down my face, like this isn't supposed to happen to high school players and coaches. And I, you know, we always talk about keeping things into perspective and that understanding how truly blessed we were to get those opportunities and uh, great players and 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 great role models on our campus, all those guys were, and it was neat to get to share all of that with them and to
1: have those memories that we'll be talking about 30 years from now. Let's talk about the competitive nature of the NCISAA and especially your conference. Um, Just to tell you how lettered it is, of course, Cannon won the state championship this year, and they beat out a very good Charlotte Latin team. It was, you know, came down to the very wire. But you have Che Roth at, at Canon, you have Chris Berger at Charlotte Latin. You got Sean Brown at Charlotte Christian. Um, now you got Marty Pierce at Covenant Day. Um, you know there's going to be a coach to be selected at um, Charlotte Country Day. But your conference is super competitive. But the most important thing is the quality of coaches that you have to go against day in day out.
2: Yeah, it leads to a lot of sleepless nights in January and February trying to figure out how to prepare for such well coached teams with such talented kids and it's fun you know we we all want to beat each other and uh we we are all very competitive against each other and uh, but at the same time we're all on a text chain together when we have our conference meetings they're cordial and fun and so it's uh I just feel again very very fortunate to have such good coaches across the state particularly in Charlotte who who um you know they they make you bring your A game every night, and you know we had a we had a run back during that time, and I I, I won't know the numbers exactly, but we we won close to fifty conference games in a row, and you're just like God, I'm scratching scratching your head on how that happened, but it, it that talks about I think how good we were at the time, but but it's it's just getting better and better in Charlotte, and the coaches
1: here are, are phenomenal, so. Define a Brian Field coach team at Providence Day.
2: Uh, hopefully they're, they're, um, we start off in the classroom. They're, they're great students who are role models on our campus. One of the things I loved about being the coach at PDS is there's, there's five-year-olds walking around our campus. And, and so when our players are out and all, you know, they, everybody on campus knows who the basketball players are. And so we, We talk a lot about being a role model in our community and and being not just a basketball player, but being a student, being a good friend, acting the right way towards your teachers. And so that would be the first thing is, is represent our program the right way. And then I think on the court, uh, we want you to love competition. Um, And that's, that's practices as well as games. And, um, you know, the players who seem to do the best in our system are the ones kind of have a I'm going to put my hard hat on. And uh when we, when we walk onto the practice court for two hours, we're there to get better. And, uh, you know, to, to have such talented players as that we've had through our program, they've also loved to work hard and they've also bought into being a great role model on our campus. And, and that's what it takes to be successful. And I, I think if you look across the board at a, a team, um, we're going to be defensive minded first. We want to, we want to guard people and then, um, in a perfect world, we love to run, and when you've got a point guard like a Devon Dotson, you can run pretty well with that that kind of team. So, right. uh, but but uh, that's 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 it. Tough, tough nosed. Um, love to compete. R- respect everyone, but fear fear nobody.
1: What is your one defining moment as a coach at Providence State?
2: Oh, gosh, I, I I'd have to say winning the state championship. Um, you know as cool as it is to have been at the great wall and to be at Dick's nationals, which is you know, just unbelievable. Um, as neat as it was the day that the athletic director at the time, Barbara Fricky called me to tell me that they had selected me as the coach. Like those were amazing memories, but being able to celebrate that state championship um, men over high point Christian with my assistants, with my family, my mom was there, my sister, my brother, my wife, my kids, it just, it was, it was a moment I will always cherish.
1: Well, the game of basketball in North Carolina is, is probably as good as it gets anywhere. Um, the the passion in the state, um, I've often said that basketball is the second religion in North Carolina. As good as it is, do you think that the state of North Carolina needs a shot clock?
2: I'm all for it. We've been fortunate to play in your events that have, have folk, um, that have had one. We, when we were in New York, we played with one. When we were in China, we played with a 24 second clock because we were on fever rules. Um, and in all of those settings, I think we had one shot clock violation. Um, and it was because Montverde was pretty darn tough to score on the Dix Nationals. But, um, I'm all for it. I I like the fact that it makes you play out the end of the game. I'm also aware of the challenges that come into play with, with buying the equipment and the cost of, you know, operating it. But uh, I do think considering the fact that, you know, we are recognized as being one of the top basketball States, in my opinion, the top basketball state in the country, we should be at the forefront of that. Not, not trailing everybody
1: else. Yeah. And we've used the shot clock at a lot of our events and, it, it really is amazing that you don't have that many shot clock violations, but it does reward the teams who are better defensively because it puts the pressure on the offense. I think the shot clock where it really is fun is at the end of the game situations. Um, I think sometimes I've seen situations where coaches may have a lead and they, they pad the, you know, they have the lead and they're going to pad it. They're going to milk time off the clock. And before you know it, they, they, they lose their momentum. But I've seen teams that maybe had that 6, eight, ten point lead with four minutes ago, but they're still forced to run their offense. But it seems like when they do that, those teams end up winning anyway. So I think sometimes that's the situation that I see a shot clock is going to be great, is at the end of the game situations, at the end of a quarter, you know, who's going to get the ball at the next possession, those type of things. But – I would love to see a shot clock in North Carolina. I think it would add a lot of interest, especially in the close games down the stretch.
2: I I agree 100%.
1: Well, Coach, um, you know, we want to say thank you for coming on. Um, You've done a remarkable job at at Providence Day. Um, We're going to have Providence Day in several of our events, Scholastic events when the season starts. We're going to have you at the um, Carmel Tip-Off Classic, and we're also going to be doing the – the Charlotte um, pre-Christmas event, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. We're going to do some public versus private, you know, matchups. It should be very intriguing and interesting to the public. And um, we just want to say good luck to you this season, and um, thank you for coming on today.
2: Thank you for having me. We, we love being a part of your events. We're looking forward to next year, and I, I'm humbled and, and appreciate the fact that you uh, have me on today. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Coach, I just want to say, reiterate, thank you again. You have a rich history of Providence Day. You've honestly uh, you know, put them on the map. Um, you've coached a lot of talent. You've had a lot of success as well on multiple levels there. So just thank you again for joining us on our latest edition of The Coach's Corner here. So for myself, Phenom Hoop Report, Rick Lewis, and everybody else here, make sure you subscribe and listen to our YouTube page, and we'll bring you back another episode of The Coach's Corner. Thank mm-hmm.